between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Thank you, Father. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Let's read from mm. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8. Ephesians 5 from verse 8. If you are there, say Amen. amen. Glory to God. It says, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Thank you, Father. Walk as what? As children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all godliness, all goodness, sorry, and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Amen. Amen. So wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Praise God. And see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting yourself to one another in the fear 
of God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8 said, you, are, you were sometimes darkness, but now are you what? Light. Praise God. Now are you light in the Lord. Walk as then. Then walk as children of light. Praise God. So this saying you are sometimes darkness is talking about, of course, your spirit, your spirit man. That it didn't say your spirit man was in darkness. It said the spirit man was. It said you were sometimes darkness. Praise God. But now, say now are ye light in the Lord. So of course, light in the Lord. The Lord there is talking about the. Uh, it's talking about the estate of Christ, or that the nature, or the the essence which the Spirit of the Lord carries, which the Spirit of the Lord ministers. So when he says, "Now are you light in the Lord," is saying that the. Um, you, can, you can use that word for the interpreting. You're interpreting what the, they call the spirit man, right? It's, they call the spirit man light in the Lord. And then they're now saying, okay, because you are light in the Lord, walk as what? Children of light. Amen. So um, it's very clear that if a soul walks as a child of light, um, you can almost deduce that what they want to make the soul is to become what the spirit is. So if the spirit is light, should be light, or has become light by virtue of the new birth, it means that the soul should also become a light. Do you agree with that? Praise God. The soul also should become a light. And so it's very clear that the light, the Lord, when the Lord is ministering, uh, bringing his light to us, he's not just bringing his light for something, as something to, for you to use. He's also he's bringing light as something for you to become. Thank you, sir. That light is what you should become. Because that light, the light, the inheritance in light is actually for you to become a stature of light. Also for you to also be uh, an, somebody who is like a luminary in the spirit. A luminary is somebody who is able to shine the brightness or a certain kind of brightness that when you bring, how you tell a light has come is that when it arrives, darkness will go away. Praise God. So, Every soul who, is, who has become a light in the Lord will be a soul and it will, be the, will, will have the capacity to cast out darkness or to remove darkness, amen, or to dispel darkness. Praise God. So you're seeing that that, that calling or that thing, property of being light, is not just... Um, only reserved for God. In the book of First John chapter 1, he said that this is the message, right, that we have uh, praised God. That the message is that God is light and that in him, in him, so God in his own person 
that he is light, and then in him is no what? Is no darkness at all. And that's it's not only God himself who they refer to in that, in that way. Jesus himself referred to his person. I was a man like you and I, when he was still on the earth, referred to himself in that kind of way. That it's not only God who is light, my own self, that I am the word, the light of the world. And then he that was followeth me will not walk in darkness, but have the word, the light of life. Praise God. And so him being the light of the world, like we said before, that is just one that was one phase of his inheritance in light that there was actually a, a, an, another estate that he was journeying into, which we saw in the book of Revel, um, Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews chapter 1, it was, it was saying that, uh, let's see very quickly. Hebrews chapter 1, amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Hebrews 1, it said, God who has sundered times in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the word prophet, verse 2. Had in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed the heir of all things, and by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3 that who be in the brightness of his glory. And the word brightness actually means the light of his glory. Praise God. Who be in the world, the brightness, the light, the luminary of his glory, and then the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So, him being, that word being, is talking about the state of his person, who he was. He was, he was actually, they are talking about a person being a brightness, Right? said that this being is the brightness of his glory, that Jesus, the man Jesus, he actually became the brightness, the light, his nature. When you come to that man called Jesus, that that being is a light, that he can shine, his own person can shine, amen, because he is the brightness of what? The word, the glory of, of God. Now, now, what does it mean for him to be the brightness of the glory? It's very, we understand from our little bit of learning and study in the concept of glory and image, or image and glory, that the substance of every glory is an image. Praise God. Every word, the substance of every word, glory is an image. That what glory rests on is, is image. So, the substance behind this glory of God is the image of God, or what you call the image of his person. <laughs> Praise God. So, it, so you now understand that the brightness of the glory of God is the image of his person. Praise God. Does that make, does that make any sense? The, the brightness of his glory is the image of his person. And then Jesus now equated, this, so not Jesus, but who was writer of this book was equating Jesus to those two things. So if he is those two things, then those two things are the same. 
do you understand what I mean? That who being the brightness of his glory and also being the express image of his person. Do you see that? So it means that the brightness of the glory of God is actually the image of his person, the image behind the glory. So, and that brightness, like I said, is light. Aha, praise God. So light, we're speaking scripturally, is not everything about light that the physical light can explain. The physical light will try, but it will, like we saw last time, we're looking at the concept of colors and all that. When you look into nature, you see explanation for the concept of light, but you can study all of light in nature. You won't still finish the understanding of light, but then you have to come to the scripture because the scripture gives you the right understanding of that thing, what light is. Praise the Lord. So, so what you see is that light actually takes different form. There is light that is, that is traveling. Right? There is light that is traveling. Traveling light. Praise God. Like we saw that even I think last time when we, we, we focus more on the traveling property of light. Thank you, Jesus. We, we, travel, we, we spoke more about the traveling property of light, which was the wave, part, the wave um, aspect of light. But we said that in physics, even in physics, light has dual nature. We talk about the wave-particle duality of light. The light is also is a wave, or is a, and wave have property frequencies and all that, which we saw is responsible for that thing called coloration which the scripture spoke about. But there's another aspect of light, which is the particulate aspect. It means that apart from wave, light traveling, light also can have a mass and can sit. Light is also like matter. And this is just pure physics I'm just describing to you, that you can take one proton, one proton is like, that's a measure of light, a unit of light. Or you can, it has a weight, it has a mass, you know, you know what I mean? Praise God. And so, um, spiritually, that means something that the, the, so the, the particulate aspect of light in the spirit is what you call image. Do you understand? So, image means what light formed. What, when light that rested, light that came. It came to form something. And what light formed is called image. Are you seeing that? Praise God. So, so what they're saying here is that he has in this last day spoken to us by his son, who being, whom he had appointed the heir of all things, by whom he also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, the brightness of his glory, and then the word express image of his person. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this is why in the scripture a person can be a light. That light is not just a traveling thing. right? It's not just something that is traveling, that is coming. Oh, light is coming to you. Or light is not just a thought. Light can be a person. Light can be an image. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you know, so it's very clear that what do they want to make unto you? They want to make you also a light. Because you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord? 
and then the soul which was sometimes, therefore walk in the light. So the soul which was also sometimes darkness, the soul should also at some point become what? A light where? In the Lord. Praise God. So that thing of image, say image. Now how can I prove to you, I've shown you from the Bible, that God himself is light from 1 John chapter 1. We've seen that from the book of John, is it chapter 8, that Jesus himself said, I am a light. And we are seeing Jesus here as well, saying that he also now is also a light, not just a light of the world, but he has come into a, a greater image. You know, the light of the world is an image. Praise God. But then he came into, by virtue of, when he said, I'm the light of the world, he had not yet inherited all things. There are still more things to inherit in light. Praise God. But after that, what here, they are now saying that he uh, who became, had in his last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed, he heard. That word here means the inheritor of all things. And then by whom also he made the walls. Praise God. Now verse 3 says, who being the brightness of his glory. Now when it says, by whom also he made the walls, you are saying, what does that mean? Why are they saying that Jesus is by, is whom, by whom God made the world. Was Jesus there when he was making the world? So you're now seeing another uh, strange thing altogether that somebody, a baby who they gave birth to 2,000 plus years ago in, in Judea, Bethlehem, who lived in Nazareth, who grew up like you, then after a while they now say that this person is actually who they used to make the world. Do you know what? It means that somehow he must have grown and that's why they are speaking concerning inheritance. Yeah, inheriting. Inheritance means how a person come into ownership of something that is not their own and something they just naturally don't have just the right to, but someone gives it to them. Someone bestows it to them by virtue of relationship, which they have, like Jesus had a relationship with God by being the son of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Am I saying something to you? Yes, sir. So, so it's very clear the inheritance of all things. When you say all things, they're talking about all things that God has. All that Jesus was saying that all that the Father had are mine. All. And what does the Father have? It's not car and money and all that. They are things. He's talking about everything that he has on the inside of him. From which, when it was time to create the world, he brought out of those things which he has and use them to create the walls. Praise God. And so Jesus being an inheritor of all things, then, then they come out and say, by whom also? That word also, it means that he inherited all things, but part of his inheritance is the, is the substance from which the worlds were made. Now, when they say they made the worlds, that that's not all about what he inherited. There's, there are many things which he inherited, but there's a portion of his inheritance that was used to make the worlds. Do you understand what I mean? And, and we, a little bit we touched on that aspect, that the portion which was used to make the world is in the book of Genesis. You saw the beginning when God came, right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And after he said, God said, let there be light. So when God was saying, let there be light, God was bestowing part of his, his own inheritance 
and allowing it to come out to, and let, let it be manifest in creation. It was that thing that he said, let there be light. It was already inside of him, but he's now talking to creation. God created the heaven and the earth, and God was speaking to it. Okay, within this sphere, within this thing that I've created, let there be light. And are you getting what I'm saying? Then out of that light, he now began to put other things and did more of his creation. And after he later went into formation in chapter 2 of Genesis, using the same light. So when you're speaking about Jesus, that who, what, what that he, who became the heir of all things, it includes the, the light of God, all the light of God, this logos. And it also includes the light of creation. The light of what? Creation, even the natural creation. The light of the natural creation is also part of his inheritance. You see that it's very clear to, it should be very clear to you that Jesus came into the light of creation. Because of, there was something about his sense when you saw him, when he began to manifest from the, the synoptic gospels. That you can see his relationship with nature, things that were created, suggests to you that he had mastery over them. Right? The way he used them, the way he spoke. Can you speak to the wind and then the wind will hear you? Right? Praise God. And we know speaking to the wind was not a gift of the Spirit. There's no gift of the Spirit like that. There are only nine. Amen. There are not 10, 11. There are no others that we haven't discovered yet. You know, in modern times, you begin to see different kind of gifts in, in operation in the church. When you go and check the nine, you will see them there. But, but the people are so called operating them, so people need to ask them, where did you get these other ones from? Amen. But what Jesus speaking to the wind is not, wasn't a gift of the Spirit. And it wasn't an, an operation of the anointing. It wasn't the anointing that left him and went to all the, the wind and said, wind, no, no, no. It wasn't an operation of the anointing. It was he spoke to the wind. Praise the Lord. Now, you cannot speak to Go and try it. You can't speak to the wind. Amen. <laughs> you, can, you cannot what? You cannot speak to the wind. Now, Jesus did not pray to his father to stop the wind. That is a different thing. You can pray, like Elijah prayed that rain, heaven should close down. Then Elijah prayed again that heaven should open. Elijah did not speak to heaven to close. He doesn't have that thing. If he's trying to talk to heaven, heaven will not answer him. He himself cannot speak to heaven to bring rain. It's not in the mouth of any man to do that. But through prayer, he could speak to God, and God can then decide to do something like that. But this is a different kind of man. Jesus, a lot of Jesus' operations on the earth were, praise God. In fact, there are some, there are some things that Jesus did that it's, if you, it might be difficult, it might take some degree of light to separate which one was miracle and an operation of anointing or using of just faith or something versus which one was just his nature, just normal, normal stuff. <laughs> Praise God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Right? He said, what manner of man is this that even the wind obey him? So those disciples, they understood because those are Jewish men. They have seen signs. They've read the Bible to a degree. They are aware of everything that God has done. And those are people of signs. They have in their, their history, they think God has done terrible things among them. But they have never seen that kind. They are knowledgeable enough to know that this man, this is not just a prophet doing praying and all that. This is something else. Say, so what manner of man is this? Like what manner is something about this manner of man? Is this a kind of man who will speak to the wind and the wind will do what? Obey him. So it's clear that there's Jesus had light. So a person who had light of creation, like Adam could also do things like that. I'm very, very sure that Adam could speak to the wind and the wind will obey Adam. Adam could name animals. He could do different things. Right? Praise God. So there is the, there is the natural light and then there is, there is natural light, there is spiritual light. There is natural light, there is spiritual light. But the, when I say natural light, natural light is spiritual. Nature is not spiritual. But natural light is spiritual. There is difference between nature and the light which it is, it is carrying. It's not the same, they are not the same thing. A plant is, a plant is natural. It's just a natural thing, it's a physical thing. But when you, when it, you watch how it grows, how does photosynthesis happen? You see a green leaf, then you say light will, it takes light. It has receptors on the leaf that can receive the sunlight, and then it will turn that thing into food. Now, that, the activity of that is a, is a physical activity, but the light that that thing imparts is a spiritual thing. Do you see what I'm saying? That, so you see why things can bear light. Like just natural, when you study natural phenomena, natural things, occurrences, you find that what, what configured nature to behave that way is a light that came from God that was used in creation that began to manifest and begin to order nature and things to begin to act, praise God. So you, that's why you find in nature, you, will not fi- you cannot find things that violate God's order in nature. Just nature ordinarily by itself. Apart from when nature, apart from, um, praise the Lord, about, apart from when there is another influence spiritually upon n- natural things, then they can begin to do some strange things. Praise God. Like, Wild animals eating men was not the way it was supposed to be before. Like, and, and a lion could not eat Adam. It would not occur to a lion that this is food. Right? Because God did not make man to be food for animals. But something tampered with the brain of lion is, is because even lion was being brought under the bondage of corruption. Right? Lion, tiger, hyena, and all of those beings, they are, the way they behave... 
they are, you know, the, the behavior of every animal, every animal behaves according to its name. So we've learned about names. You know what name means? Name means nature. Nature. So when you say lion, lion behaves like lion. So the name that Adam called lion was in L-I-O-N, right? L-I-O-N is just English. But lion, in another language, they call it something else. So lion doesn't have one name. That physical lion is not the name of lion. That wasn't when God says he named them. It wasn't that. What? The name was, it was, God was, there was a line to, to install their nature. What Adam did was, God brought Adam to become a participator in the process, in the formation process. Do you get it? God created, and God left some things blank. When God created, do you think that, if you check Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, you saw the difference. Chapter 1, creation. Chapter 2, formation. Man was created in chapter 1, but then they formed him in chapter 2. So do you think all the animals were formed in chapter 1? I mean, their soul. Formation is soul. So it was still later, after they had, so there was a time that they had created, God has created those things, but there was this, he left some space in them in terms of what they should be like, and he allowed Adam to participate in that activity. And God said, whatever you call them, they will be. Now, but when Adam is saying, you lion, this is what you will be. Elephant, this is what you will be. This one, this is what you will be. And it was, when he was doing that, he wasn't doing that with just any kind of mind. He was doing that with the, the mind of the living soul. Which also, which contains a breath from God. So you can never say that, ah, it's really, it was God really doing it. But it was God doing it through his breath that he put inside of Adam. That the breath will rise when you look at the lion and say, this is what it should be. And then he will call it by that name. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that formation of the souls of animals, praise God, that's their earthly carnal soul. Was, was called according to all those things. Praise the Lord. So, so I was just saying that to tell you that the light, but a different light can reculture things. So we, that's what we're seeing in the book of Romans chapter 8. Do you remember that? We're speaking about the creature being subject, being brought under bondage, right? And that bondage is called the bondage of what? Of corruption. Animals are not spiritual, but they can be, they can be influenced spiritually. You see things like that happen in the Bible. Even demons could, when, when they casted out the demon from the crazy guy, and then it went to the swine, when the, the spirit landed on the swine, it, it began to drive their soul. They, and they, they scattered, they began to behave weirdly. They began to behave like the demons. And they, the, <laughs> you get what I mean? <laughs> so that, that would tell you that even though the souls of animals are not spiritual, but spirit can, can influence them. You see different things like that. At some point, the spirit of God came upon the donkey. The prophet, prophet, <laughs> prophet, when a prophet that God talks to, after a while, 
they brought money, money had turned his head and everything, Balaam, right? Great, mighty prophet. And he began to misbehave. And he was misbehaving. God was like saying, prophet, Balaam, Balaam, trying to reach him through the normal route, but something has happened to Balaam. So, but the Spirit of God could rest upon a donkey. It was actually an angel that stood. When the angel stood, maybe the angel was trying to talk to Balaam, but Balaam couldn't, his mind has gone so far. Maybe the angel that beamed upon the, the donkey that was with him, the donkey that was carrying him, turned and began to talk to him. <laughs> You've not read that? Have you read that in the Bible? And then when they were referring to it later, I think in the New Testament, he said that, that the God speaking through a donkey it restrained the madness of the prophet. So, so it, at that moment, the donkey was more seen than the what than the prophet by virtue of what spirit that rested upon the the donkey. So, I, I, the question I was asking all the animals on the earth: What spirits are, are moving, driving them? When you go into the wild and the way they behave in the wild, ferocious, eating each other, all this, it's not normal. That God didn't. Just fully praise the Lord. Uh-huh. If, if not, anyhow. Now, it doesn't mean animals should not eat animals. No, that's the cause of nature. There's a full chain. Uh-huh. We also eat them, and lesser ones. But, but that's not all that is happening in nature. You find that there is also disorderliness in nature. Do you understand what that means? Because, it's because I'm just trying to prove to you that Everything natural, there is spiritual influence on them. There is spiritual influence on all kinds of things. Like I used the example of the wind, for example, the sea, all of these things. There's the spiritual can, can impact all of those things. Praise God. So, so there, is, um, there is the natural light, which was part of the light which God... Um, which Jesus Christ inherited. Mm. So, when it comes to understanding nature, it's good to study things, like going to school and all that. It's very good to study. Um, but the, this, the kind of understanding you will gain from just university learning of natural things, let's say biology, zoology, you're learning anything about nature. Praise God. The light you will get from that will be limited, and it might not fully be correct. The light that someone gets from studying something is not just the fact of what you observe. When you observe a phenomenon in nature, there is a fact of, okay, this happened, and this happened, and this happened. This is the cycle. You study that, and you learn that, but that's not the full light. There is also a, on, on top of, wearing on top of that light is also a spiritual import that that thing can communicate to his soul. But if you are learning not correctly, the import can be evil. Spirits can use nature to teach men wrong things. Do you agree with me? There are things that men have learned from animals. Mm -hmm. 
there's some behavior that, why are you laughing? It's true, it's just, it's honest, just honest truth. But they won't real, you won't realize that that's where they learned it from, but there's some things that men learn from animals. Um, there's some things that, and there's some things that God ordained that you can actually learn from an animal, because they, they use this, the animals, for example, to, to preach in the Bible. Right? When, when, when Solomon was speaking about about love. He was talking about the beloved. He said, thou hast dove eyes. Thou hast dove eyes. And that, that, when you look at the dove, there's something about the dove's nature. Right? That is, is a... The dove's nature is, is more than just that it's white and it's clean. Or, no, there's something about the dove. The dove, the dove is, a, is a monogamous entity. Once it finds a lover till it dies, it can never find another one. It's just it's a nature. Now my question is that are there scientists who have studied dove and all that? Do you think they learned that when they were studying dove? <laughs> Why haven't they taken dove as a ah we found dove? This dove is the example now for marriage. So everybody try to follow this one, this pattern, <laughs> because even though that knowledge is there in nature. A normal, just natural mind will not pick that out of what they are learning. And it's not just one example. There are many things about in nature that can teach the soul things. But spirits use what nature. They will put their own light and use things in nature to teach the soul. Am I making some sense to you? Praise God. Now, let's, let's see this thing about Jesus. So, it's very clear then that um, Jesus himself was the image. So, inside the image that Jesus have, has, that image itself, the image is light. Every image is light. Every image is formed by light. And every image is also in light. That's why when you see in the book of Revelation, what, one of the main reasons for the second beast that rose out of the sea was to be able to raise an image unto the beast. Right? And when he raises an image unto the beast, by virtue of what that image is, souls can begin to worship. It will call, cause people from different tribes and tongues and all of that to begin to worship right, the beast by virtue of the image which he has been what? Which he has raised. Praise God. Now, for us, you see, what they want to do, the reason for the ministry of light that they are, they are bringing to us, um, remember that in this Hebrews chapter 1, when they are speaking concerning Jesus, they are introducing him as a way of God's speaking. God in sundry times, in diverse manners, spake unto the Father by the prophets. But at this time, so... God was speaking by the prophet, but he couldn't speak accurately to men. So, but in the last days, he has spoken unto all by his son, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So it's very clear then that the, the ministry of the Son of God is, as given to us, is the ministry, is the ministry of the exactness of God, the express image of what? His person. And, and why does image minister? The reason for the ministration of that image is for to also make you into what? That image, according to Romans chapter 1, 
chapter, um, chapter 8, praise the Lord, that who, he who he foreknew, that he also predestinated to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. So if they this predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son, means the conformation of your person, of your soul, to that image is to make you a light. Right? But not just a light, but to make you a light that is seated, that has been formed, that has been framed, that has been uh, resolved. So every image, check it. Every time you see an image, it is formed by light. If you go before a mirror, turn off all the light, you can't see anything. Even though you are there. And when you reduce the light, the image can be... mm, There's a way you can look at yourself, maybe through your phone, in very bright light, you see your exactness. But when you make the light very dim, a candle, if care is not taken, if you take a a screenshot and show it to somebody, they might not know that that was you. Uh, Why? Because even though you are present, but what is forming the image is light. It's light. If light is not enough, even though you are there, it won't, have the, it won't be able to form the exact image. So it means images are formed according to the abundance of light. So when they say that he who he foreknew, he has predestined to be conformed to the image. That word conforming to the image is an operation of light. So light, this is just the summary I'm telling you, is that light is the former of image. Light is what forms image. If the light is little, the image that is formed will not be accurate. It will not be complete. But when you increase the light and the light is abundant, what will happen? You will see the, the exact what image. Praise God. So, amen. And, and we're talking about the ministry of the Spirit, I think, was it last time? And we saw from that Romans chapter 8 where they were speaking about the leading of the Spirit. They said that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, that they are the, what, the sons of God. We have began to see the purpose of sons of God, right? That the sons of God are people. It's very clear the sons of God are people who are bearers of the divine image. God who has hundred times in diverse manners spoke to the fathers by the prophets has in this last day spoken to us by his son who being the brightness of his glory. So by his son who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So son means image. The, or the Image, so the, the, the son is, is, the destiny of a son is to be the replication of an image. When you want to replicate an image, you give birth. And then you, you raise up spiritually with light. You give birth, and then what you give birth to, you have to subject it to light until it becomes an, the, the express image. Do you get what I'm saying? It becomes the brightness and then they what? The express image. Praise God. So the son 
of God or sonship of God is talking about the, is the, the being who has fully, by his son, who being, and not just who being, who being, who being, who being, being, praise the Lord, the brightness of his glory and the express image. Let's read this place very well again. He said, first of all, the first thing he said, sorry, is by his son, whom he hath appointed, what? The heir of all things, and whom also, by whom also he made the world. So, so his son, thank you, Jesus, his son is the, before the son became the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, he became the heir of all things. So the, the inheritance, that thing called the, being the heir of all things, is talking about the school of light, which he went to, to become the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. So you now see that that thing called sonship. Jesus, when you are, when you are journeying with the Lord, you are coming from a very far place. Someone who is born again, but in their soul, can still be a child of the devil. But there is a journey to be separated from him, to keep coming and coming. Then the soul keeps coming and coming and coming and coming until the point where identity moves into sonship. There's a place in the realm of the spirit where the, son, the soul journeys, in, journeys into. Then the, there becomes a birthing process of sonship. Right? And then it was very clear that every birthing process of son, every initial son that comes must be subject to a training. A training is the training of light. The training of what? Of light. The training of light. Amen. So the school of sonship, right from when, when the soul enters into the season of charity, in Christ, that's the season. That season of charity in Christ is the first season of, of sonship. Right? It's the first word, season of sonship. Do you agree? First season of sonship. Or that you, you call is the first kind of um, Praise God. Praise the Lord. The nature of charity is the is the is the birth or the sonship which the word of Christ produces. Amen. There's a, there's a birth. The word of Christ is, it is, amen, is the first rebirth. Amen. There's, praise God. Amen. My little children for whom I travel again in birth until Christ is formed in you. So, I'm traveling in birth is to give birth and the process of when we know you've been born is when Christ has been formed in you. So it means that 
Christ is a kind of a son. He's the first kind of son. One way to understand this thing, praise God, when you're seeing, you see a lot of sonship, son here, son there, son there in the Bible, it's light that will explain those aspects of what? Of, of sonship to the soul. Praise the Lord. So Christ is the first. So once you enter into the season of Christ, charity, that soul has entered the arena of sonship, or you've, been, you've reached the dealings of sonship. At that point, they begin to deal with you as they deal with a son. Praise God. Or you can use son, you can say daughters, the son and daughters, so the ladies won't feel left out. But I'm sure by now, your mind is already too spiritual. You don't think about such things. There are, there are some churches that you go and preach, you can offend people. Don't, don't just be saying son, son. You have to say son and daughter, son and daughter. Otherwise, before you leave the altar, you might see a placard at the back or saying, telling you something that women are also involved. Praise God. But you, know, you understand the Bible. It's not just, uh-huh. amen. Praise God. So sonship, it doesn't mean male and female in, in, the, in the scripture. Praise the Lord. So, um, when he's speaking of the sonship, the word son, um, or in the First Corinthians chapter six, everyone would like that one because they use sons and daughters. So it's not just sons. For once, Paul in his life, you are you are adding women in that. <laughs> Praise God. But but you see, there's the, the place where um, he said that come come out from among them and be ye separate. Right, and I will what? And then touch not the unclean thing. And then I will receive you, and then you shall be sons and then daughters unto me. So sons and daughters is, is a place where the soul no longer touches the unclean thing. We know what that means. It's a place where the soul has charity out of a pure heart because it no longer touches the what? The unclean thing. And it's a place where the soul can love one another fervently with a pure heart. That is, that's the place of charity. So, so that place of having what you call charity is the... So to become, for you to become sons and daughters is talking about the birth. So it means, come out from among them, be separate. Birthing hasn't happened yet. Then, until you're learning to touch not the unclean thing, then I will receive you and you'll be sons and daughters unto me. Praise God. So that's why, that is from that sense that the scripture begin to teach and speak concerning the life of charity as the life of the brethren. Who are, who are the brethren in a house? They are not the servant in the house, not the cleaner, not the mechanic, not the gardener. They are those who are born into the house. That is the sons of the house. Do you get what I'm saying? So charity, that charity is the, that birth, the first significant birth. Now, of course, you can also say, ah, what are you saying? But the deep Bible scholars will say, no, no, calm down, calm down. There are births before that. First of all, except a man be born again. That's first of all. He will not enter. Then even when he has entered, except he be born of the water and of the spirit, you will not, sorry, if you're born again, you will not see. Except you are born of water and the spirit, you will not enter. So what do you mean there's no birth before? You mean that, when are they born to enter the kingdom? Yeah. Praise God. That's not what I'm saying. That birth 
The language, that's why if you just follow English, you won't understand the Bible. Everything will be confusing to you. So, the birth of, of John chapter 3, being born of water and of the Spirit um, for entrance, is not the birth, the same kind of birth as becoming sons and daughters. Right? You can say, well, 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 well. What's the difference? I'll tell you the difference. The, the, that, someone who is born of the water and the spirit is a kind of a child of the Holy Ghost. So we're talking of a birth which the Holy, spirit, Holy Ghost can give birth to. To the soul. When the soul is born of the water, water and of the spirit. So the Holy Spirit will use the water of the word to give birth to the soul. But that is not... That, is not the, that birth is not, the, is not one of the high markers in terms of what God wants to achieve. It's not a landmark point, spiritually. The landmark point is when the other two beings, right, whose, whose curriculum, amen, the other two beings whose curriculum has been given to man and packaged as what you call the gospel, Right, which, is, which is two natures, praise the Lord. First of all, the nature of God and the nature of Christ. So, so the sonship we are talking about, the sonship that is, that, 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 is, that is the birth according to the, according to the mysteries in the oracles of God. So, when you are looking at the mystery, that which ought to be demystified in men, that they, they summarize the mystery of the oracles in Colossians, praise the Lord, chapter 3, right? To the acknowledgement of the, what? Mystery of God, that's a birth. The Father, that's a birth. And Christ, that's a birth. So, they didn't include the being birth of the water and the spirit there because that one is just an, it's an entrance, an entry, something, uh-huh, but it's a kind of birth, yeah, but it is not the, what do you say? The core, amen. The core, uh, it's not the core, it's not the core, um, it's not the core program of God. We're talking about birth that can lead to God's claim of ownership. Being born of the water and of the spirit. Someone can be born of the water and of the spirit, but God cannot claim ownership of them. Because they might still be touching the unclean things. But what that bird just gives to them is just access into the dominion of God, into the kingdom of God, or it's just give them access into the, the wheels of God, which they should use to gain separation. And then also now come into the school of sanctification, praise the Lord, that will resolve in the birthing according to the mystery of God. So the first birth is the birth in, in the sanctuary, praise God, which is the birthing of a Christ, which Paul was speaking about, traveling birth, until what Christ is formed in you. Praise the Lord. Did that make some sense to you? Uh-huh. Thank you, Jesus. So when Jesus came on the scene, the, 
spoke to, to, about him as a son now, in, the, in, the, in River Jordan, they confirmed Jesus as a son. One of the signs of his confirmation as a son was the resting of the Spirit upon him. And that was the sign they gave to John, that who you come and see, the Spirit resting upon him like a dove, and remaining on him, that uh, this is the person who is the Savior, who baptized people with the Holy Ghost and all of that. Praise God. So, they, so Jesus, that sign of the, the Spirit resting upon Jesus was as a dove. Resting upon Jesus, as a what? As a dove. They rested upon Jesus. So this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In whom I am well pleased. I am well pleased. Well pleased. I am. I'm very pleased with Him. Now, what brought Jesus into that sonship was the leading of the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So God called him my beloved son and then put the sign of that, the crest of that, that thing as the image of the Spirit resting upon him. Because as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So, they are, so the Lord wasn't just speaking from heaven. Right, it was also showing the, showing them the what is his credential. What makes this man separate? Why am I not talking about you, John, and every other person? Why would I speak concerning this man and say that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? What was it about him? It is that this man has a nature that carried the rest of the spirit. That now, when they say the Spirit, I know the Holy Ghost has different manifestation. He has different, when you, look at, when you look at one dimension, you see Holy Ghost is there. This is this form in one place. In the sanctuary, you see him in one form. Most holy, you see him in one form. Even outside, he's in another form. Even outside, praise God. means the Levites know the Spirit in a certain way. Praise the Lord. But that talking the spirit as a dove is talking about rest. That was the language that John used. That whom I see the spirit sit or rest upon like a dove, and then remain. The word remain means is not disturbed because, and they use the word dove because a dove can get disturbed. A dove is a is a is a tranquil creature. Is a a dove is actually a being of rest, some kind of rest. Right, you you won't see a dove on a moving horse, or 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 a running car or something. No, but when something is at rest, you see it stay there, and it's okay. If it's not at rest, it cannot carry a dove. A dove will not be comfortable to sit on something that is not at rest. Do you see that? So that thing is talking about how the spirit rests on him. It's like a dove. So that state is what they call peace in the spirit. That what makes spirit rest on a soul as a dove is a soul in whom peace has been published. 
And we know how preachers publish by the by good tidings. How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good tidings, that publish at peace. So, and the tidings of Christ is what, is what brings about the publishing of peace. On the soul. So, the man who, who stood on, on, in, in, um, in Jordan, who the Spirit rested upon, was a soul that has arrived at a state of peace. So, you see that state of peace, that is the first sonship according to the oracles of God. The first sonship which God's oracles and which the mystery of God is supposed to produce in a soul is the, is the stature of charity. Charity, the call is endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That word, the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace is called charity. Charity is that thing, that bond of peace. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so that state of peace is a soul that has settled in what? In charity or has come into the full nature of Christ. And one of the ways you will see that is in the carriage of the Spirit. The way a soul that has not reached peace carried the Spirit is not the same way a soul who is at peace carried the Spirit. They have not, to, to make the Holy Spirit, I have to know that the Spirit that, that rests upon a peaceful soul, there are seven. Right? There are what? There are seven. There are seven. The Spirit that rests upon a peaceful soul are seven. So those seven are the minister of the school of peace. Right, the spirit of the Lord, that the minister, the, the teachers in what the school. When 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 they are when they have finished their ministry, they will rest upon what upon the soul. The sign of a dove, you see. Look at the dove with his wings spread out. It's, also, it's almost like a menorah. The dove is a flying menorah. Right. You can't see it. Can you see it? It's like, the manure is like a dove. It has the, the central stick, and then it has two wings. Wings with three. There are three, other, three sticks that form one wing, and another three that form another wing. Are you getting what I'm saying? These are symbolisms of the scripture to teach that they are there. The Holy Spirit will show them that uh, this is why I chose the dove and all of this is because of to, to create the symbolism to teach, praise the Lord, concerning peace. That so the spirit of what of the Lord, when the how you know that the spirit you have gone through the school of the spirit of the Lord is that the Spirit will rest upon you. The Spirit will do what? The, the Spirit will rest upon you. The Spirit will rest upon you. Praise God. What Spirit? The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. If you want to tell me, who is a Christ? Simple. A Christ is somebody who carries the rest of those spirits. Right. Somebody who has 
who, who has those spirits operational in their soul in a resting form. What is the meaning of, uh, what, uh, can anybody understand what I'm trying to say? Somehow, it's, it's like we're trying to use the word to paint the reality. I'm seeing what I'm saying right here. It's very clear. I'm just trying to communicate it to you. Amen. When, I, when I'm talking about the, that the, the spirit have sat, they have attained rest in his soul. means you are not fighting with revelation, spirit. You are, not, you, are no, you are no longer at war with counsel. You are no longer at war with might. You are not at war with knowledge. What about the fear of the Lord? You are not at war with the fear. You are at peace with their ministry. They've, they've taught and taught and taught. They are seizing when they will reach hindrances. When the nature will rebel and say, no, this one, we are not going this far. They will wait. They are still trying to bring their ministry. That's the school of Christ. So it means a soul that, a soul, no, no, no soul will be admitted into the school of God's life. Who's still fighting revelation? That's like one of the, <laughs> and that revelation, when it comes to the operations of the spirits, that's the first one, actually. So, if you are still fighting revelation, you are still at the level where you are fighting revelation, you need to quickly finish up that thing, man, and move beyond that phase. Settle that thing, whatever quarrel you have with revelation, settle it, find a way, God, to help you to settle it. <laughs> and let, let, that, let the spirit of wisdom gain its rest in your soul. Let it gain it. Who is wisdom? Wisdom is the spirit that brings the materials. The, one, the, the material of your building is the, is the importer. That, that site where they want to build, he imports the things. Ah, we know that a certain phase of the building, one tiny nail will be needed in that corner there, he knows. And he knows where in the marketplace that, that, that nail is. We will fetch it out. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, is an, is, so the spirit of wisdom is the one who imports the material for the building. Then, the, then understanding is the, mat- the materials. Am I getting, making some sense to you? So imagine someone wants to build a house, and then you are not really too sure. They've told you, okay, this is the plan of the house. This is... What is a two-story house? At some point, we have to deck one floor. We have to put things on that. And then for decking, there's some materials you need. There's some rods you need to put and lay to do the decking and all that. And then you're, you're saying, ah, I don't really like no metal things. You know, we, in our village, we use clay. <laughs> Where I came from, my great-grandfather, my grandfather, there's something that we have, our soul, we have an affinity with, you know, red mud. All our houses, they use clay to be. So I don't really have, you see all this metal, I'm, I don't like metal, I don't, I don't like strong things. But they say, sir, but this, this is not like your village kind of house now I want to build that. This house also have two stories, so you have to, people have to be able to be staying on top. <laughs> when, then they say, sir, please, clay can't do that thing. You can't use clay to deck a house where someone will be sleeping on, on the first main floor. He said, no, I don't like, uh, well, that's, you are fighting with wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom is telling that this thing, you see this, this blueprint, the blueprint, of course, is the, 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 the print of the script. 
he, the, the, the spirit wrote the script. Is the plan. This is the plan of the house they want to build on the land of your soul. You get what I'm saying? So the spirit of wisdom will come and be telling you, this is the list of all the materials we need. We need this thing. You say, no, no, I don't, I don't, my, I don't flow with this thing. That's the word that we fight yeah. when it comes to revelation. Yes, you take, I like this aspect because it's sweet to me. That one doesn't taste sweet. Anytime they are touching about that area, it's not too sweet. So let's leave it. You're fighting with the spirit of wisdom. The, the spirit that fights the spirit of wisdom is, is, the, is the, the thing, the attitude that picks and chooses which, which understanding you flow with. That is, are you getting what I'm saying? That attitude, you are, such a soul cannot attain the rest of the word, of the spirit. You will never attain peace. Such a soul will never be at peace with God. There are souls who, a soul have, might have gotten rest from the spirit of wisdom, understanding. But when counsel starts talking, counsel is another spirit. It's another kind, another what? Spirit that when counsel starts talking, that's the one that fights what? Souls fight a lot too. <laughs> a lot of souls can fight counsel. They can fight counsel. Counsel. Counsel is, the, a lot of times, counsel is the spirit that revelation boys are warring with. <laughs> they are already revelation guys. They are one with revelation. They sleep it, they wake, anytime, anyhow, anyhow it sounds, they don't care. No matter how. <laughs> they are one with it. They don't fight revelation. But they leave revelation. But counsel, hey. Counsel, 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 counsel. You know why they don't like counsel? Because counsel is that the spirit that comes to tell you what to do with the revelation. So the soul can be excited in getting the revelation, but does not want to hear what to do with the revelation when it comes to the season of you know, so imagine the wisdom has brought all the materials to the site. Understanding is everywhere, different kinds of, you have the, in fact, when you come to the, the site, it, it almost looks like a company where they sell building material, because, <laughs> that's, how, that's how, some of us, that's how our soul is, our soul is like where they sell building material. When, when, they, when they relate with your soul, after what they say, they will ask you, okay, what version of Bible are you? Are you King James or are you, why, because, Everything, you know everything. All the revelation, everything is inside you. Wow. wow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but all the materials are there because of prosperity of the spirit of wisdom and what? And rev- I'm talking about letter. I mean by the spirit. Revelation. Pure revelation of Christ that came to the spirit. Understanding through the scripture is there on the site. You see, the side is, is littered with all the material. But when you now look at the place where the house is supposed to sit, you won't be seeing anything laid there. Because counsel is the spirit that says, take this block now and put it here. This is where it's supposed to stay. This block is meant for this one. The other block is meant for this other point. This here place, a block should not sit here. This should be a beam, a pillar, that should sit in this point. 
Who is differentiating all those things? That's the spirit of counsel. And the spirit of might is the carrier of the block. That's the spirit of might. So counsel and might are twins. The spirit of counsel and might. So, so when a soul has fight with those spirits, they will have plenty of understanding. But when it comes to situation of life has happened, and then counsel now comes and say, forget what people from your family always do in this situation. You see that, that revelation, that one, that one that you learned the other time. This is the exact moment now where that revelation should be used right now. That's the spirit of counsel. And then the spirit of might is the one, is, is the one who poured the grace, the strength to do it. And when those things come, a soul can fight. Souls fight counsel and souls fight might. Say, oh, you mean souls fight might? Yeah. Soul fight might. That's one of the, the things. If they can deliver us from fighting might, the spirit of might will be, many of us will be helped so much. What is, what is might? Might means spiritual ability, spiritual strength. A lot of time, you know, do you know what spirit of counsel of might, sorry, the spirit of might sound like? Many times, spirit of might sounds like, it's that voice that says, don't do anything. Hey. <laughs> 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 no one hear might, it sounds like, hey, it's time, let's go, let's, let's get this thing done, let's finish it. That's not the spirit of mind. A lot of times, the spirit of mind is that spirit that says, do nothing now. Hey, 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 hey. Be, be quiet. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Let it go. Let it go. But we don't know that spirit. We don't know that is the spirit of mind because it doesn't sound like what you think it is. Do you know why? Often, that's often the counsel of the spirit of mind because what fights his supply of spiritual ability is your own ability. So if you say, how do you fight the spirit of mind? It's your might that fights the spirit of mind. Some of us are too mighty. <laughs> you know how? You know how they spoke about Moses, a man mighty in war than in deed. Some of us, that's our description. It's just that it's not the word and the deed of the spirit. It's our own word and what deed. So don't be mighty in word. And indeed, outside the spirit. Are you seeing that? So the spirit of might is the spirit that called, teaches the soul to resist every urge to act in your own strength. And then wait for the strength of the spirit. Wait for the ability of the spirit to do the exact thing. Amen. Because your own strength has its own twin, which is another spirit of another council. And that spirit knows that you are, you are strong to do what it's bidding. It has installed strength inside of you. So the place where a beam should sit you can put a bamboo stick. <laughs> <laughs> My another counsel. Why? 
Because the, the council wanted to use bamboo stick to put it there so that when they build the upstairs, it will fall. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's the spirit of another council. What's, what's bamboo stick? <laughs> no, let's just deal, we must deal with this matter right now. Let's deal with this matter. This is the... Are you getting, that's, the that's our, our might, right? Because you feel like if you don't deal with this thing right now, what will happen? In your mind, you are thinking about the future. The future, something will spoil in the future. So we must put a stick here right now to hold it up. But that, that thing you put is corruptible. The person that's counseling you to do that, give that solution, is because he knows that solution can never stand the weight that will be put upon it. So, you see, when they are raising the spiritual man, are you, are you, are you getting what I'm saying? It's, so, who was Jesus? Jesus has gotten to a point where all those spirits have rested. They have found their rest. Jesus will never... That's why when they now spoke about and they will now finish counsel and mind, knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will make him of a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He will no longer judge with the sight of his eyes or the ears of his eyes, but with righteousness will he, what, judge, and will he reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. He's talking about another operation. Praise the Lord by that a being that has gained rest of what? The spirit. Don't praise God. So, you see, charity, when they speak of charity, we read about charity in, in 1 Corinthians 13 that says love is charity is patient, charity is kind, it what, thinketh no evil, it keeps no account of wrong, all of those things. A, a soul in whom the spirit of the Lord has not found rest in cannot obey such things, cannot obey the laws of charity, right? It's the prosperity of the, of the ministry of the spirit. Praise the Lord. When you allow that ministry to prosper, that's what will produce what? The charity. And I said that charity, that nature of charity, is the first sort of birth or the first kind of what? Sonship that a soul will, will come into. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, every soul that is born, that is born, let's go back quickly to Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. amen. So verse 2, it says, Had in this last day spoken unto us by who? By his son, whom he had appointed, what? The heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So every son, the, the, the purpose of the, the dealings of sonship is to make the, the soul inherit all things. And you can't talk about inheriting all things outside the school of light. Praise the Lord. Who has made us meet to be partakers of what? Of the inheritance. Having tried, let's read that place very quickly. Um, Colossians chapter 1. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. For this cause, verse 9 also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will 
in all wisdom and what? Spiritual understanding. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet to be partakers of the what? inheritance of the saints in light who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of what? His dear Son. Praise God. He delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into what? The kingdom of his dear son. Verse 12. Thank you, Jesus. Giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us fit or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. So you're seeing how did they make him the heir of all things? In Hebrews chapter 1, in Hebrews chapter 1, in order for him to become the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, verse 2, it says that in these last days spoken unto us by his son, then whom he had appointed what? The heir of all things. So how does the inheritance of all things happens by the ministry of light? That's what this Colossians chapter 1 is speaking on about. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of all oh, the saints in light, who had delivered us from the world, power of darkness, praise God, and had then translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So that word, the kingdom of his dear son. The word dear son is the, is the word that Jesus, the word dear son is the state of Jesus beginning from the season when the spirit had rested on him in the manner which we just described. Praise God. In that season when the spirit rested upon him in that manner, or when they showed the Spirit resting upon him in that manner, that, that stature, that state of Jesus, that was Jesus as the dear son. Here, Paul is calling it the dear son, the kingdom of his dear son, the dominion of his dear son. That dear son, that's exactly what the Father said. This is my beloved son. Beloved son is dear son. But this was just by the Spirit, Paul's own language of it, right? When God said, this is my beloved son in that Jordan, in whom I am well pleasing, unto all pleasing. Here, so Paul is just, is teaching fragment by the Spirit of things that Jesus Christ fulfilled, right? By that time, God said, I am well pleased, of course, being well pleased, well pleased is by, that Jesus being well pleasing to God was a, a, a process or sorry, a consequence of his journey in the path of inheriting the nature of Christ. Praise God. We know that at that time, 
Jesus was still in the, he was still, <clears throat> praise God. They were speaking concerning, um, amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So at that time, Jesus has, has fulfilled that school of Christ. Amen. And then what makes him, being completing the school of Christ makes somebody a beloved. Right? The Bible spoke about you, when you are, when you are accepted in the beloved. There is a realm that realm called the beloved. The realm of the beloved is, is the realm of sons who have been accepted. Right? Praise the Lord. So, and every prosperous son who has been accepted in the beloved is a dear son. Is a dear son or is a beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I am what? I am well pleased. Praise God. So, it says that who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into where the kingdom of his dear son. So any soul to be translated into the kingdom of his dear son is to be delivered from the power of darkness. So you can't separate the the realm of the beloved from light. Right? You cannot separate what? the, 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 The realm of the beloved or who they call dear son. Dear people. People who are dear at some point. Because these ones are now dear to me. Not everybody is dear to him. There are souls who are now dear to him. They've, they've, given, they've given rest, a, a rest to my spirit. They have become beings of peace in whom peace has been published because of their prosperity with the good tidings. Peace has been published in them. By virtue of that peace, they've given, they've given rest to my spirit. They've, they've, such a soul has become so dear to me. So, that word, so you now see, when a soul becomes dear to God, it's almost it's an, it's an entrance, another birth. It's a birth into another kingdom. It's called the kingdom of his dear son. Whenever you hear the word kingdom, don't summarize it as one thing. Oh, the kingdom of God. No. They are entrance. After you have, it's just, kingdom of God means, just means dominion, the sphere of all of God's dominion, which is all of God's will. The first point, being born of the water of the spirit, will bring you into an initial aspect of the will of God. Praise the Lord. But as you are joining in the will of God, when you are, you are now accessing a higher domain inside the kingdom, at some point they will say, you have now entered into the kingdom of his dear son. Means that it's another sphere of dominion. Means another sphere of dominion means access to another economy of will of God. God can begin to deal with you about some other kinds of things. The will which Jesus Christ said that um, my meat is to do the will of my father and to finish it. That's a different language. When he was younger, he didn't use will. He used the word business. My father's business. Must I not be about my father's business? Not the same thing. There's some vague, there was still some vagueness at the age of 12 concerning just the business, it's just whatever my father is, there are things he's busy doing that me, I know he's busy with some things, but he might not have come into the full comprehension of those things, but I must be about them. He's not talking about, he wasn't saying finishing or anything. Are you getting what I'm saying? At age 12, 
He didn't have the sole capacity for the kind of language of finishing. My meat is to do the will of my father and to finish it. That was not the conversation of age 12. That I must just be about my father's business. It means he was sensing the business. That my father actually has a business it's different from what men are busy doing. But in order to find out what that business is, let me be about it. I must be about that business. I don't know too much yet about the business, but I must be about my father's business. Praise the Lord. So later on, he now began to speak concerning. So it's very clear that when he said, my meat is to do the will of him. Jesus Christ did not always have that will as a meat. The word meat means what is set before you. Take, eat it. It's like, for, for the will to have become his meat, he has gained access to it. As age, at age 12, the will of the father was not meat yet for Jesus. Can you call the, the chicken right now inside the freezer in the nearest, nearest Loblaw store? Can you call it my meat? Something, if you start referring in that way to it, there's something not quite right. It's not yet your meat. It's the meat in the store. For it to become your meat, it must be committed to you. Either you have to pay something, and they come, you now take it home and set it on, on the table and say, this is my meat. It's now my meat. It is, I have a right to eat the meat. So he's talking about when you talk about the will, they, they, they separated the will that you might know what is that good, acceptable, and then the perfect will. He was talking about the service of God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your... And then it may not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, that you might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect. So it's very clear that those who... Have come to that place, have journeyed according to the different wills of God. So there will be a time when a person's meat is the good will of God. They must be graduate into another season where the meat they have becomes the acceptable will. Another season, they will now be eating the meat. So it's very clear that the school of everlasting life is the school of eating the perfect meat of God. The, the perfect meat of what. God's will. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, but there is an attainment spiritually. Thank you, Jesus. You say, ah, I don't understand everlasting life. Maybe it's not your meat yet. Now, look below everlasting life. There's another thing there that when you check where you have not done that area very, very well. Amen. So, the, the season of charity is, is also, charity is a season of a meat. When you think of charity, fulfilling charity, the nature of Christ, it is, charity is also a season of a meat that you have to consume. They call it the feast of charity. Have you, heard of, have you read that before? The feast of charity means the season when the soul must consume the meat of charity, of must finish the will. Charity is a curriculum of will 
which the soul must what? Consume, which now makes the soul accepted in the beloved. Then when the, the soul get, gaining acceptance in the beloved is a season of the soul being delivered from the power of darkness and then being what? Translated into what? The kingdom of his what? Dear son. Praise God. The kingdom of his dear son, like I explained, is then talking about the fresh, the new arena of the will. Which, which is the will? The will which they give the beloved. So somebody who has been beloved of God, when he's, when he's talk, looking, what he's seeing as the meat which he has to eat, what is the meat which he has to eat? Wheels of God which he has to consume. What is meat? Meat is that thing which you must eat to become, to become a part of you. What makes you this big and weigh this much? And meats which you ate that were not part of you, but you ate them. And then it became your own part. This thing was a meat that was not from you. Maybe this part of your hand might be all the goat meat that you've eaten that came to this side. Amen. Just, I'm just using an analogy to show you that, that this one now, so the, 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 the goal of every meat God gives to you is to become part of your frame and part of your nature. The wheel is, is so that it can form, it can grow up your stature. Meat is for the development of stature. The wheel of God is for what? For the development of stature. Praise God. So what I was saying is that a soul that has been beloved of God, not beloved out of favoritism, that God said, I just love this one. When God was speaking concerning Jesus, this is my dear son. He's not saying, I just love him more than all of you who are here. It's not that. It's about something. They showed him why. Can spirit rest upon you like a dove and remain on you? the way it does concerning this one? Mm. The answer is, is it no? If it's no, then this one is my beloved son. God's, that thing called beloved, it's not, being, it's not just being favorable, it's dealings. Yeah. Ah, you say, well, but this thing you're saying, it's not just grace, era of grace, praise God. When it comes to the soul, praise the Lord. Yeah. When it comes to the soul, the soul can never have more grace than it obtained. All the grace that Jesus is full of, yeah, is full of grace and all the truth, it doesn't mean you have obtained it. You have to obtain the grace. <laughs> Do you see that? So, is it not season of grace? Yeah, season of grace is them making it available to you. But if you say what you made available, I don't want it, then they say, no problem. We're not going to fight with you. We're not going to force you to become beloved. Rather, we're going to extend the way to become beloved. Because being beloved to God is not a meaningless thing. It's not, I just love you now. That's not God's love. Praise God. Do you see that? That's not God's love. When you talk of being beloved, it's not just 
that mm, for God so loved the world. In that sense, God doesn't want to just feel love for you. God wants to do with you things he does with those who he loves. It's not the same thing. You sell yourself short if all you want is, I want to feel that God loves me. That is selling yourself short. Don't be feeling the love of God and be wretched when it comes to the dealings that God has with those whom he loves. God is not a wicked God. God does not want a situation where in the end they say, ah, oh God, hey, we thought you were good, you, you cheated this one. Oh. How can you, this one, you, how can this person be bearing your name and look at their wretchedness? When we, there's nothing inside you that is in them. Everything that is in them is vanity, corruptible. When world is passing away, almost everything inside them is passing too. God doesn't want that kind of thing. God says, I'm not that kind of father. <laughs> so if you being evil can give good gifts to your own children, how much more will I not give the spirit to? Are you getting what I'm saying? Which of you, when your child will ask you for bread, you give them stone? Or if they ask you for fish, you give them snake? God is not like that. That's why God is so, God is committed. Committed to, for you what? Bringing what? Bringing you into the fellowship. They call it the fellowship of the son. Indeed, our fellowship is with the father. And what? The son. That fellowship is the fellowship of the beloved. Praise the Lord. Amen. Very quickly back to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Verse 13. Okay, 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the what? Invisible God, and then what? The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or what? Powers. That all things were created by him and what? For him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have what? Preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all what? Fullness dwell. Okay. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or what? Things in heaven. Now, reconciling all things by himself, to himself, things in earth, things in heaven, things in earth, 
doesn't mean houses and that. That's not what it's talking about. Things in earth is still talking about your soul. Soul can, is the soul can be in earth. So when you hear things in earth, things in heaven, they're talking about two different um, domicile of the soul. The soul can be in earth and the soul can be in heaven. When they are trying to reconcile all things to God, God, the journey of reconciliation doesn't start from heaven. Right? They have to first come to the earth. Every soul is on the earth. They have to first of all come down to the earth to to begin to, to bring what? Reconciliation. To raise the soul. After a while, the soul will now enter into heaven. Like Jesus was speaking in John chapter 3. He said that no man has ascended into heaven at any time except the Son of Man who is in heaven, not past tense. So as we are talking right now, the son of, this Son of Man here is actually in heaven. We are here, but there was a time I was. So he said no man had ascended into heaven. means if it's by process of ascension he got there. There was a time he was in earth according to his soul. But he said no man has has ascended up to heaven except this son who is in heaven. So he moved from earth into what? Into heaven. Now we're talking about earth and then heaven. It's talking about the environment. That word is actually talking about conversation. A soul that has earthly conversation is in earth. A soul that has heavenly conversation is in what? Heaven. Praise God. And well, the, the purpose of the ministry of the Spirit is to raise the soul from earth to what? To heaven. Are you seeing that? To raise the soul from what? From earth to what? To heaven. Praise God. And then in heaven, the, it's very clear that in heaven, the ministry that's done in heaven is a higher ministry that, is done, that, can, that will be done by the soul in the earth. Right? In the earth it will take a certain dimension of the will of God to deal with the soul that is earthly, to try and raise them out, to push them from the earth into hell. It's not easy to push a soul out of earth. You know why? Because there's something, when you come to earth, you now discover a law called, mag, mag, what do you call it? Gravity. It's a magnetic force. <laughs> you are fighting against what? So you need to import another law. There's something called the law of flight. The law of flight is a the, is the law that disarms gravity and can make a soul what, arise. There is a law of flight for your conversation. If you, are, you feel like my conversation is so earthly, there is help that can raise your conversation to become what? Heavenly. Where your, your inward meditation becomes things that are in heaven. You, think, you don't think according to pattern of earth. If we do this now, after a while, things will increase and get prosperous. We, can, we will get them famous at some point. And then, um, if we do it this way, there will be more security, you know, maybe next few years. Even if there is recession or something, there will be enough money saved aside for things like this. And then in that season, um, well, this um, industry, we don't really trust. There's a way the trends are going right now. And if we put everything, no, let's divide the portfolio, divide the portfolio. Let's put some here. Let's take the other kind of portfolio. 
put some on the other side, then you know, there's, uh, you know, right now, this kind of inflation market, you know, if you invest more in commodities, you know, commodities, they, are, they, are, they, they, they have different operations during inflation, so let's see if we can, uh, I just think conversation, 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 conversation. I'm not saying you can't say those things, those things, but I'm saying that should not be the TikTok of your mind. Yeah. That should not be what your, all your heart is full of. You should be taking, a, you should be taking, you know, from just break from t- from heavenly conversation to just deal with those necessary things quickly and deal with them and come back to your conversation. You should not be sleeping there and taking occasional break to, to tour heavenly things and then you come back <laughs> to your conversation. <laughs> you know, one of the <laughs> I, it's, maybe it's not true. Maybe it's not true. But one of the ways I just I just feel that one of the ways that the devil blackmails this message is that he will be telling that you will end up poor. This thing you are doing right now, all these things that you are doing right now, go and check it. Guys who end up being rich, they don't do all these things with their twenties and their. They, this is not what they are doing. Maybe it's not true. Maybe they, they would not say that to you. Maybe ah. it's just my own mind. Oh, they say it. Oh, they say it. You know those kind of thought. They are the thought that pin conversations to the earth. You say, if you dare leave this vicinity, I swear you will never be rich. <laughs> you will. That's, a, that's the spirit talking yes, to sir. you. Yes, sir. They will not give you an example of people in your family members who they were not serious around your age, who later regretted it because <laughs> 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 everything, spiritually, what they will do everything is just to do what? Pin you down. That gravity. You must never escape. You must never escape. But thank God they are, they are ministering escape. Amen. There was a time when escape wasn't really too much of a possibility because of lack of light. The same way go, some decades ago, or maybe a century or whatever ago, it was not... When you tell someone, there will be a time when someone can be flying in the air for hours. What? <laughs> Imagine in, let's say, 1899 or something. You just, someone just came and told one guy and said, very soon, you just see, you want to travel to California? Instead of months, just, you just fly on the air for hours. You just be going. There will be a way to do it. Imagine that kind of thing, telling you so that kind of thing. You can never, ever, ever believe Ever, ever. Do you understand? Why? Because of he's too acquainted with gravity. Gravity has proved itself that I can never be broken. If it goes up, wait for it. <laughs> so of course, that's what spirits are telling you in your spiritual work. The time when you are happy, well, we are making progress, they will tell you. If it goes up. <laughs> 
Liars. Yeah. All those guys who are talking to you, Jesus has spoiled them. Jesus, when he, when he asked, when Jesus was ascending. They all saw him. They saw him live there. They saw him go until today he has never come back. And they know. But they will lie to you. Forget about all these things you are doing. Are you not a man? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the end of all this revelation, you know who you are, all these things that you are doing. That's the wicked spirit. A spirit that saw Jesus ascend and never came back. They watch men like Paul ascend from the earth and never came back. Men like Peter, men like John. They know, they know, but they are liars. They want to discourage you. You cannot take that same path. You can't take that same journey. You cannot become spiritual. You can't become heavenly. You cannot change conversation. It's a lie. It's a lie. Thank God for the Thank you for the gospel of our ascension. There will be a time, and it's very clear, there will be a time again in the church when, when it will be abnormal not to be heavenly. There will, just be, there will be some strange churches that don't like heavenly things, but you will see when you, when you walk into any church, you will, just, you will be seeing a conversation heavenly. You see ministers who God have raised talking heaven, talking about heaven. They are speaking to souls, fellowship about what? Heavenly things. And the souls they are talking to are comfortable because that is their conversation. Even if you want to mention other things from time to time, yeah, let's just do a little thing to remind you of some things, but it's okay. They will do, they will attend earthly things. Yeah, we'll do it, and they will do it well. They will even be managing earthly things with heavenly sight, heavenly understanding. They, they know they would touch it. They would they know how to use it because of so much light has been inherited. Wisdom over creation, over the creature, what to do with natural things will be so abundant in their heart. They would know. Jesus was a master. You know, Jesus wasn't a master of just a master of heavenly conversation. His conversation was heavenly, but he knew he had light of us of the earth too. Yeah. Even earthly things, just could talk about them. In that John chapter three, when he was speaking to Nicodemus, yeah. after a while he said, he said, "Have I told you earthly things and you don't? Are you a teacher of the Jews and you don't know these things? I've only told you earthly things. What if I tell you about heavenly things?" Praise the Lord. There will be a time when you can talk about heavenly things. You'll be able to talk about them. You can converse in them. Your heart, you'll be so skilled. In, and when you talk about heavenly walls in heaven, it's not house and skyscraper. It's, they're just talking about heaven is terrains of different natures and inheritances in the spirit. In your thought, you can divide nature from nature, light from light, thought from thought. When they bring something, you can extract it in and because of so much light and so much judgment of your soul, that thing is what it will bring so much security around you. Things that kill people cannot kill you because you have so much enlightenment concerning, concerning them.
Praise God. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be what? Things in earth or what? Things in heaven. So he is a reconciler of all things. He has the, the grace to reconcile. Whether, where are you found? Are you found in earth? Or in heaven. If you are found in earth, he can reconcile you. And when you move into heaven, his ministry of reconciliation will also what? Increase. And verse 21, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now had he what? Reconciled. Praise God. Now let's see this verse 21. Let's just we'll camp around this place. And then we will close for today. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your word, in your mind by what? Wicked works. Now had he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and onward reprovable in his sight. Amen. Now this alienation is by wicked what works. Now, it's very clear, these this wicked works, wicked works, what, the, po- the point of, of keeping, giving a soul inheritance of wicked works, right, is, or what is to keep a soul an alien when a soul has wicked works. The what they call wicked works are works that are wicked works are works that flourish in darkness or works that are twisted. Wicked means twisted. Wicked means what? Twisted. So wicked works which alienate the soul from God. Right? Wicked works which don't alienate the soul from God, those works are kept by darkness, the absence of light, that if light hasn't shown to undo the, praise God, if I just tie thread or something, and really twist it, what I'm, what I'm doing, when you are twisting something, I tie it this way, bring it out, tie it again, and tie it again, and tie it again, that's what you call wickedness. I'm doing something wicked. It's a wicked thing I'm doing. When you see something that is neat and tied in a very, in a confusing, mysterious way, when you say, forget about the religious aspect or scripture, I just say, when something is wicked, wicked, very wicked, that was a very wicked something. It's hard to demystify. Right? Wicked means something that is done in a very twisted way. It's hard to just resolve it. Difficult to resolve. So if I give you something that is so tied and knitted like that, and I turn off the light, I say, take, untie it. Cut. Cut. 
you are, man, you are, you are going to have a very hard time. Yes. You are going to have a very what? Hard time. So, that's the way what alienates us from God. The work that is done to alienate the soul from God is done with that kind of wisdom. In the soul, that's when the soul finally gets to the time where you say, okay, I want to deal with this force, I want to take it away, is that if you leave that soul, that soul must depend on the light that can illuminate that, those kind of works from within to shine. If those, that light does not shine, those works cannot be undone. They can't. So, some of, some of the things that married our nature and where we've decided to change and you find them still there. I, let the Lord can show you what I'm saying is that some of us, you will find things that are twisted in you. They are wicked. It's a work that is done wickedly. And a lot of wicked works don't easily manifest. Like, so a lot of the, what I'm talking about is not um, you always like fight people. No. That's not. If you fight people, it's easier to solve that problem. <laughs> Someone who fights people all the time is easy to solve that problem. You, might, you can even solve it without word. Just leave them to live with somebody who is bigger than them, who can beat them every single day. <laughs> let's, let's do it without administration of the scripture. Then, after every day's beating, just then, go and pray with them, just pray with them, and just, then, then leave them. Next day, it continues again. After a while, you, you will just see a very calm, so who knows that? It's not good to always... Are, are you getting me? Sometimes, what makes guys who fight a lot is because there's something, there's a delusion they have, and they can't... Because they don't know that everybody is just... People are just being... People are just, what... Because people don't want to come to their level. So, you know what I mean? I want to be fighting with you. No, come on, man. Just, but they think it's because they are a terror. That's why. So it's not just, just to give them a reality check. We handle that kind of thing. So those are very out That's not wickedness. That's not wickedness. A lot of times it's just some, I don't know. But wickedness is, is um, wickedness is, is, Praise God. Oh, no, you hear wicked. Ah, a very bad person, wicked guy. He doesn't smile. He doesn't. That's not the soul. A wicked guy can be a very, very playful person. Just jovial, everything. You know, easygoing fellow. That's not. So you see what we think wickedness is? It's not wickedness. Wickedness is talking about those, those, those secret attributes of the heart that are not in compliance with God's own nature. Which many times, it will take somebody who has the judgment of God a lot of time to see that thing. Wow, this, that, actual, that actual tendency to do this is not really, really... You know, the right light of revelation has to shine to see some of those things. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. So, when they are bringing to bring a soul into this the world of the beloved. You know, the standard of the, the realm of the beloved is a high standard. The standard of the beloved, the beloved is, 
is acting, is beyond just being nice. It's talking about living according to commandments, natures of God. And a lot of time it's in the inward areas of invisibility of the heart that nobody can see. Aspect of the heart that you say, ah, you did it too, but it's not the right, um, amen. You know, where God looks at is inward. Men will look on the outward, and this is a nice guy. But God is looking on the inward in that particular, because that's where the transaction of God's love occurs. Anybody who is loving God is not because one thing you did physically. There's nothing you do physically to love God that somebody else cannot do. See, I built a church for God. Somebody else who is a wicked unbeliever can has built churches before, bigger than your own. Think of anything that you would do in the physical. Oh, I took him a homeless person. Yeah, yeah, unbelievers do that. Nations do it. People who hate God do that. There's, you can't name me one thing that you can do as a Christian that manifests externally that somebody else who doesn't even know God cannot do. So God doesn't look there. God looks about in, in your dealings. The secret conversations of the heart. The, are you going to what I'm saying? That the ability to obey secret commandment. The commandment of God. They are commandment for the heart. For the depth of the soul. At that place. When a soul now tries to love in that way. That's where the soul can begin to encounter twistedness. Difficulty. Why can't I just obey this thing? Why can't I just what? Obey this thing. This is the, this is the, it's a different world of tough dealings. We're talking about the soul that is in tune to a conversation which God sees, Right? Is not, um, maybe you can be relating with a, a brother as your housemate, and he's still he's very nice when it comes to doing things for you. He can help you clean, take care of things. He's even very, very, you know, very, um, very, very proactive with, you know, the love in terms of just that outward show, but while he's doing that, beautiful, awesome believer, but inside, because of light, he knows, he can see knots that are tied within him. He is able to, with a higher light, judge his response. That even though you might think he's doing everything, he knows he's not doing everything. He knows that he's not doing everything to the extent of the fulfillment of the commandment. You get what I'm trying to say? That there is a light that shine that can shine in that area, in that domain. Are you get what I'm saying? It's the light of the spirit. It's the light that shines, that interprets the word commandment of the beloved and that can able to form, form the word image. We're talking about an inward work concerning the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. 
That is another realm of works. Not every Christian, a Christian who is learning to be spiritual, his reference point is not the brightness of the glory of God and the express image of God's person. That's not the reference point. That is a higher reference point in the spirit. Amen. For such a person who, the person who hasn't gotten into, into concern for that level of commandment, there's some kind of word. A word like this might not make too much sense to you. You're like, all my problem now is just how can I not be shouting at my, my roommate every day? Why are you telling me about all these lights? <laughs> so, but don't worry. There are guys who this is their food. Because of, because there is, they are, they are, with, they enter into light. But into light, they now found a task to see light. It's another, it's, it's the, it's the, the second scene. Is the, is the, the effort. To see, their, their problem is exactness, likeness. They are, they, are con, they are concerned about the express image, like Jesus became the express image of his person. How, what kind of commandment did he obey to become the express image of his person? It wasn't just the level of doing, obeying the commandment just to satisfy everybody or everything. He was talking about concern about the exact image his person. When the Holy Ghost will say, you've still not fulfilled. This motive is still not right. This motive is still not right. It's not still right to operate out of this motive. There is a purer motive. Yeah, I know that your brethren cannot detect this one. They can't see it. Yes, sir. You get what I mean? Yes, sir. But this motive, this one does not align with the with the, the, with the image of his person. Amen. 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 Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Does it sound like a weight upon you? Like we say, oh, we've not finished simple thing. Why are you talking about this one? I'm sorry. God wants to talk about it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is a time for the, the perfect light. Amen. Sometimes what will make you journey faster is to see the road ahead. That some of us are felt like we are almost like Jesus. Wait, you are not yet almost like Jesus yet. Some of us, that's why we are slowing down. Ah, we've done to, ah, you know where I'm coming from. We've tried to see. You are not seeing where you are, so where you are going yet. Praise God. <laughs> Don't slow down. Don't slow down. The word is a light unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. So that's another, sometimes we begin to minister more, con- less about the, how the feet is walking. There are different seasons and dispensation of ministry. There's some ministry that will focus more on the feet. Precise. Don't, this is how you walk. But sometimes the Lord will begin to emphasize the part. 
and shine the part. It's good for them to shine the part for you to know. For, it's good for you to be educated concerning the standards of God. It's good for you to understand that, that there is, he called it a standard. That is, he calls it holiness without which no man will see God. It's a, it's a particular kind of holiness, a state of holiness, which is a holiness that is beyond what? Uh-huh, beyond wickedness. Praise God. Just finally, let's quickly see that John chapter 3 where they spoke about these wicked works and they call it evil. And the light that, the light that brings deliverance to... Praise God. Thank you, my Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Verse, verse 18, okay, verse 17, it says, that for God sent not his son into the world, that's John 3, 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, and he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is not believing to get born again. It's very clear to you. Do you agree? When you, when you were to get born again, you didn't believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God. That was not the name that you believed in. Or you just believed us, Jesus, the name of Jesus, and you conferred his lordship, and you believed that they raised him from the dead. This talk, talking about the name, to believe something, that thing must have been, it must have brought it to your consciousness. And say, can you believe in this one? The name of the only begotten son, that word name means the stature. That's what they are trying. There are some of us who are still struggling with belief of this name. We are born again here, you've been, the name of Christ, by God's grace, we've been joining in the name of Christ, but the teaching, when they begin to teach about the only begotten son of God, the only begotten son of God is talking about the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. It's another standard, it's another higher thing for you to believe. When you got born again, you see the standard I'm talking about? You didn't believe that. You didn't see that as Christianity. Some of us, when we got born again, what we saw is just now going to church regularly and be hanging around Christian people. That you felt like, if I'm doing that, I'll be, I'll be good somewhere. So, and then you got born again, and you saw maybe Holy Spirit. Guys, you speak in tongues, and they give prophecy, and they give all of those things. That's how we summarize what you're getting born again into. People who do those things, that's... That kind of life. I no longer club or party or go to all those things anymore. I'm choosing another way, the Christian way. But to you, what was the Christian way? Was just some degree of separation. That was the best you could see. Some of all of those things, washing of regeneration, love towards all the saints, faith in the Lord Jesus. That's what some of us saw when we got born again. So to you, when they were preaching Christ to you, what you believe was that image or that thing which was easy to see. There was never a question of believing on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Nobody, the task or the, 
or the requirement to believe in that can ever come upon a soul who the light of the brightness of the glory and the express image. They must begin to talk to you about the express image. Then you are not tasked with another thing, another state of believing again. Not everybody believes this message. I'm not under any illusion that you all believe what I'm saying. What is belief? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It's, it's substance. What I'm telling you, this, the standard of the holiness without which no man can see God, that thing is a substance that can enter your heart one day. When it enters your heart, you begin to pursue it. That's the belief of it. You believe it. You believe in the standard of the exactness, of the, the exactness of the likeness of God. That you, you have a space in your theology that can accommodate that as a pursuit. Not every soul has that, but you must preach it and preach it and preach it and preach it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can they believe except they are what? You hear? How would they hear except they preach? How would they preach? I guess there's a preacher. Hence, I am here to preach it to you. And 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 preach it to you. Praise the Lord. Until they believe. Until you believe on the name of the only word. Only begotten word. Son of God. Let's quickly read that again. He says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he had not believed on what? The name of what? The only begotten. So those who are condemned are those who this ministry came to, but they refused the ministry. They refused the concept of coming into the word, the image what, of the word, son of God. And this is the condemnation, verse 19, that light is come into the world, praise God, and men loved darkness rather than what? Than light because they are Deeds were wicked. So evil here means what? Wicked. For everyone that doeth wickedness hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, because he, his deeds should be what? Reproved. But he that doeth what truth cometh to the light, and his deeds may be, may be made manifest that they are what? wrought in God. In that um, Ephesians chapter 5, praise God, verse, verse 11, it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather what? Reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Say, but all things are reproved, that are reproved, are made manifest by the light. means that if anything will be reproved, it must be made manifest by the light. If you cannot see it, you cannot reprove it. Right? All things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make what manifest is light. Wherefore, he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and what Christ shall then give the light. Praise God. Amen. 
So it's very clear to you now that what I'm teaching today is not, is I'm teaching the exact same thing I taught before. The same emphasis that the Lord is bringing to us. Amen. Is is the one who they want to bring us into the um, they want to they want to make us to a point where we are our heart is fully open and abandoned to the to all the lights of God. Amen. The light of God and the revelation. Because I have a season that when they are emphasizing this, it becomes it's because they have things to say. And there are things that are coming to our soul. The things that will, that is, the, the light, the exact light for that your darkness. That, that your impossible darkness. That, that thing that has been, the, that wicked work that has been wrought in your heart. That you've tried in different ways to, 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 to deal with, to untie. But there's an exact light to come. And the Lord is saying that allow the light only Things that are reproved are reproved by the light. If the light doesn't come, if the ministry of light is not accepted or the ministry of light is not allowed, then those things will not be what will not be reproved. He said, This is the condemnation. The light came into the world, but that men loved darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, the, the Lord will, is going to bless all of us with the. It's going to bless our soul with compatibility with light. The Lord will be shedding light to your heart. And you will not have strength to refuse any light that God is shining. You will open your heart fully. You will become one with the journey of light with the path of light. That will show me the path of life. It's in, in your, so with you at the fountain of life, that in your light, we will see light. In your light, we'll see light. That your soul will become fully open for the flow of the fountain and of the rivers of life. It will flow through your soul. It will flow without any resistance. It will flow without any hindrance. That wicked works, all wicked works, you come, you come into a season where your soul is under such a great intensity of light that nothing can be hidden again from his sight. Nothing can be hidden for, again from his face. You have nowhere. Wickedness will find nowhere to hide again in your soul because of the abundance of light. You no longer walk in darkness. He said, they that follow me shall not walk in darkness, but they shall have what? The light of life. The intensity of light. After a while, the light will be so much invested in you. You yourself will become a light. So you'll be like a a city that is set on a hill. A a beautiful city of light. You'll become so enlightened. The time of darkness is past. The darkness is past, but the true light already shineth. You no longer walk in darkness. The Lord will begin to heal. You know, there's what they call, uh, they call it blissful ignorance, where you don't know something, but you are, you are not disturbed by the not knowing of it. That, that kind of, we all suffer from that in different degrees, Right? 
but will come to a point where you will be so compatible with light that you will become comfortable in light. You will, not, you, you will lose the ability to hide from the light. Ignorance will be your enemy. That wherever the Lord shines his light, you will gravitate towards it. You will not retreat from the light of God. You will become open and naked before the eyes of him. For the sight of him, you have to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. There are some of us who our personality has been framed to be, to be contrary to, to light. That we have, some of us have elusive personality. We have, we, some of us have been trained so much to avoid anything that sheds light. Anything that sheds light that even in our own dealing with our friends, like, there are some people God will send. They are the ones who bring, are bringing light in a season. Yeah. But some of us are skilled in hiding. You know, you have to hide yourself. Hide some part of your personality, an aspect of your heart. Those are training of Satan. The way, if you do that to your brother, you do that to God as well. You, don't, you won't open your heart for... The Spirit will say, let's talk about that thing. Say, no, let's not. You do as if you didn't hear that thing. I didn't hear that aspect of what you know about that particular thing we want to talk about it there's something about that particular thing inside the heart that they want to talk about it's an attitude but the Lord will begin to heal all of us he will begin to heal all of us the sign that we have advanced so much in our response to light is you begin to see so much purity among us in our conversation in our interaction in our homes in our marriages, in our household, your relationship with your brethren and your sister, you will see so much purity. Another sign is that you, you will see so much defenselessness, Amen. openness, Amen. so much realness. Amen. There will not be pretentiousness ah. anymore. You will no longer be hiding ah. under cloaks, all those cloaks of darkness. Some of us, they, they've sewn cloak for, for you. Anytime they are coming, hide under here. We know where to hide, but the Lord will begin to shift those things away. The brightness of his appearing, the brightness of his face will begin to consume every covering, every hiding place, every shelter which has been formed against to shelter yourself from the light of God. From today, you will find no escape. When God's light is coming, it will meet your heart. It will, it will bless your heart. It will minister to your heart. It will unveil all the, all the secret things and all the investment of darkness in the soul. Thank you, Jesus. 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 The Lord is bringing us into a season of blessing, both individually and collectively. He said, say unto Aaron and unto his sons, in this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord's face will begin to shine upon you. You will begin to shine upon your darkness. Every kind of hesitancy you have to expose your heart to the face of God. 
they will begin to fall. They will begin to fail. They will begin to fail. They will begin to fail. Your heart, your life, your thoughts, your imaginations, everything will begin to be bare, begin to be open to the face of God. You will begin to experience the face of God. The face of God will begin to shine. In, what about his countenance? So may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord will shine upon you. You will, you, you will become so radiant because every shelter has been removed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Receive. This is the, the light that sets free. We're talking about light that will set you free. That will set you free. Light that will set you free. Light that will set you free. You become almost transparent. You become like a slate in the hand of God where he will begin to imprint his image by his face, by his face, by his countenance. His image will begin to be formed upon your soul. As the prophecy of Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 60. Arise and shine. Say, for your light is come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord's light. will be upon you. He said, His glory shall be seen on you. Kings will come to your light. Gentiles will come to the, the brightness of your rising. 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 Arise from the dead. Awake from your sleep. For Christ will give you light. Christ will give you light. Welcome to the season of light. Welcome to the season of light. Darkness is past. The true light already shineth. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift up your hands and bless the Lord and receive all the blessing and everything that is so, that he has ministered to your soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we bless your name. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Lord, you know that we are, we are well into the territory of things which only you can do. 
Lord, as we are yielding to this ministry, Lord, may every heart find the help, the help, the help, the grace, the mercy to tap into this blessing, Lord, this, the import of these thoughts. These things are real, Lord, which you have written, Lord, for us to come into. Oh, God, I ask, your spirit is the bringer of the experience. Is the one who will make them true in us and bring them to come to pass. I pray, Lord, for everyone under the sound of my voice today, we didn't only hear words, but Father, may there be an accompanying walk of the Spirit to bring all of these things to pass. Lord, we look to you. We don't look to any man. No man can do it. Lord, but just you, Jesus. You, Jesus. The brightness of his glory. The express image of his person. Your father said in this last day, you have been ordained to speak to us. Come and bring your saving voice. Come and command the blessing upon our soul. Thank you, our father. Thank you for this victory to, today which you have wrought in us. Thank you for chains that have been broken. Thank you, Lord, for new reality. Thank you for new liberty and freedom, oh God, to walk fully under your light as you shine it. As you unveil the path, oh God, ahead of us. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory, Lord. We receive your word today with thanksgiving, not with ungrateful heart, but Lord, with hearts of thanksgiving, being so grateful, Lord, for all you have said, all you have done, and all which you will continue to do. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.